It's the True Penny Show with your host, James True Penny. Hello, and welcome to the True Penny Show. My name is James True Penny. This is my show. And today, we are at the king of pro wrestling in Tokyo, Japan, Ryukyuko Hall, Sumo Hall, indeed. And to cover this momentous occasion, it's Ash from Indie Empire Magazine. How are you doing, Mom? I'm good. I'm good. I'm fantastic. It's good to be back on. It's nice to have you back, even though you deface our logo. <laughs> I just thought it needed some, you know, you know upgrade I mean, adjustments. And ghost logos and emojis, apparently. Hey. Huh. I mean, that emoji that I made <laughs> describes perfectly who I am. Okay. Here it is goes. a ghost with shutter shades flipping off whatever <laughs> vulgar hand gesture that I feel at the time. Okay. Okay, then. So then, King of Pro Wrestling was an interesting event, but there were some sad things we need to talk about first, as we hinted at in our last show. Um, it was the day after the title, which uh, kind of put this show on a loop. There was a lot of match changes that couldn't go ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, the went into Japan. Obviously, the New Japan Dojo was flooded the day before. Uh, yes. Obviously, a lot of New Japan history. And of course, it's a home for the rookies. When they aren't joking when they say they live at the dojo, they aren't just being like, you know, they spend so much time there, they live there. They actually live at the dojo. And of course, yeah. it wasn't their dojo that was affected. Dojos for Noah are also, well, Noah's not based in, in uh, Tokyo anymore, it's based in Yokohama. But mm-hmm. the dojo Stardom is based in Tokyo. The dojo for um, a lot of the Joshi companies are all based in Tokyo. So it becomes. Um, very personal for the wrestlers because it's their house and where they spend the time growing up essentially in their youth so for all especially exactly. new japan regulars like tanahashi and such it was a very yeah. emotional day um, yeah it was it was a very emotional time for all of us um i will personally say for me i i had a really hard time or a difficult time with it just because i do have like some emotional attachment to new japan um but, you know, anyone listening to the True Penny Show, we are, you know, at Indie Empire, you know, we do nope. highly recommend, you know, like James tweeted out that one time, um, you know, please donate to uh, the Red Cross for Japan to, you know, help those that it was affected with. Um, but yeah, no, it, it personally affected me on an emotional level, um, privately and, uh, you know, at us you know being new japan people at the true penny show and indie empire so yeah it's it's the guys we follow the guys we look up to and the guys we think are wonderful and legendary figures have come mm-hmm. through and a lot of them have 30 year careers you know, we, there was a lot of celebration of the history of new japan on this particular show um and you know there, guys who out who haven't spent time couple of imports <laughs> uh, but that's about it you know, everybody else was a was a new japan guy and they feel those kind of things and even if you're not a new japan guy even if you're a japanese person so done. So, um, yeah and you know there is something that i i do need to say mm-hmm. um because i don't think a lot of people realized 
that there was a typhoon or if there was, it was serious. Um, and it has to do in reference to a match that, that we do have listed on this card and it has to do with the U.S. title. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want people to understand that these have been the basic rules of New Japan since mm. they opened. If you're awesome. not able to show up to the event, regardless of what the issue is, they, they will not reschedule the match. You, the title does go vacant and it does go up to the next contenders. So I, was, I just want people to understand that. This was, was not a personal change. This was not any type of personal vendetta against anyone from whatever company to whichever company. That same thing would have probably happened to Okada if yeah. it was Okada at that time. So people need to understand that. And to, yeah. in, to insinuate that New Japan would have some private vendetta against any other company and to do that is is very inaccurate and it's also it's it's very dishonorable so i hope those people understand that and they learn their lesson uh, the prime example of this happening before was brock lesnar in his one new japan run when it was quite clear he was not going to come back to fulfill his, his uh, obligations to the championship he'd, they stripped him of the belt because he'd done his six matches he was contracted to do, and he clearly wasn't coming back, but they just stripped him. Yeah, so uh, that's that's all I just wanted to say. It could have happened to anyone on that card. That was the champion that had a title defense. And arguably, you know, Brock Lesnar is the highest paid professional wrestler in the world. It happened to him, so it'll happen to anyone. Yeah. yeah. So, I, you know, and I tried to explain that to some people, and no, they don't, they don't want to listen, and I don't really, really think you realize how serious that typhoon was. And yeah. also how many flights were canceled and how many people couldn't get um, flights, you know, rescheduled. I think in the UK and so certainly in Europe, we probably had a better idea because obviously it's the Rugby World Cup going on at the moment. And there was yes. a lot of people in those days were canceled because it was just too dangerous to play them. To put 40,000 people in the stadium and have a game of rugby wasn't going to happen because it was too wet. It was too horrible and people might die. So, you know, I think we probably had a better understanding on this side of the Atlantic. That certainly yeah, and, and personally, I think, you know, people in the U.S. really didn't understand the impact that it caused as far as with flights and as far as, you know, with safety and, the, you know, how serious that typhoon was. So I think, I think as well, we kind of see Japan as a fully developed country, which it is, obviously. But you, you kind of think, well, they, they, they have typhoons all the time. They can deal with it. It's like Sweden and snow. Ha ha ha. But it's like, no, no, no. And I want people, you know, and that's the thing that really upset me as far as mm. wrestling Twitter. Yeah. You know, you know, like, think whatever you want to think, but get your head out of your ass and educate yeah. yourself a little bit. Yeah. People are hurt. And so is property and damages and businesses. And people, there are poor people all over the world and they're the ones that hurt, yeah, suffer the most. So. Yes, please, you're quite right, Ash. If I will put the Japanese Red Cross link in the descriptions of this show on the various social media platforms they have. And if you'd like to give generously, we would support your decision. Yeah. Right then, let's move on to the matches and happier stuff. Suzuki Gun with the returning El Desperado tag with Yoshinubi Kanemura. He defeated Rabingi 3K, showing you 10 minutes and 44 seconds. Bit of swagger to your Desperado. He gets his traditional pinfall win on return after a big injury. Uh, the bit of swagger is the reason why he broke his jaw was he was in a death match with Young Kasai on uh, a Suzuki Gun show that was organized by Taka and Taichi. 
and uh, Yun managed to break his jaw. So he came back with a new finisher named after Yun Kasai, mm-hmm. which kind of is owning your fears, <laughs> if ever I saw it. Um, and it's a jaw-based finisher. And it was really good. And this was a good little match. I'm kind of disappointed in Rapingi 3K just because they just took Gorillas of Destiny to the limit twice on the US tour and have pinned them twice in, in six-man tags and can't beat uh, Elvis Brado and Yushinibu Kanemura, which is a bit the, weird. Those were lucky. <laughs> those were lucky wins for the Neapolitan boys over there. I don't care what people say. That was just luck, okay? And as far as Suzuki Gun, you know, I, I assumed that they were actually going to win that match. Okay. You know, and I honestly say, you know, it was a good match, you know. I, I have no complaints about it as much as I, I don't care for, for show, you know. Or from for, show. I just don't like him, okay? Why? Because he gets a, he goes over there and he just shows off. Because of his perfectly chiseled body and boyish young good looks. I don't, I don't, you know what? I like men. There's a difference, okay? <laughs> okay. Moving on. Um, the next match was Hiroshi Tanahashi's 20th anniversary match. I don't think they wanted to make much of this because they don't like the idea that Hiroshi Tanahashi's been around for 20 years. <laughs> um, but it was his 20th anniversary match. He tagged with Tomiyaki Honma and was accompanied to the ring by Watura in a way. His, one of the who was actually in his debut match 20 years ago. Uh, they defeated this, the team of Togi Makabe and Doriyano from GPH, the most violent players, in 9 minutes and 43 seconds. This was really just a fun match between some mates to go over the fact that it's Tanahashi's 20th anniversary and they had to do something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, it was, I mean, it, yeah, no further developments in any storyline other than it was just Tanahashi's big match, you know. Um, yeah, you know, and it's it was, match, yeah, I know, and it doesn't really matter and it's a bit of fun. I mean, it'll be all yeah. right. Yeah, I mean, it was only like, what, nine minutes? Nine minutes yeah. and 40-something seconds? 43? Yeah, but it ended, it's all right. It did where it said on the set. And I, like I said, I don't think they particularly want to put a stress on Tanahashi being in the business for 20 years. Well, also, he was at the dojo, too, um, cleaning up. Yeah, yeah. Because it's yeah, part of his home and, you know, where he spent his time becoming the person he is and learning all the stuff he could from Tatsumi Fujinami and Antonio Inoki and those guys, which kind of make him kind of the last bastion of that Fujinami style, I think, myself. Um, you know, Sonada's, Sonada's pretty good with that stuff because Muto was a, uh, a Fujinami uh, devotee as well. But anyway, we're getting into styles and history at the minute. Before I came on this podcast, I was talking to Mike Freeland about, about ECW and FMW and the styles development between the two companies. And he's going like, so why did this guy end up in jail? Well, because of this. So why did this guy end up in jail? Well, because of this. <laughs> Brilliant conversation we have, but I'm sure I'm sure I'll have more sweets for me when I get off the line with this recording. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> and why did this guy go to jail? Why did that guy die? Los Ignorables de Japón, Shingo Takagi, and Tetsuya Nato defeated Duki and Taichi by disqualification in nine minutes when Taichi took it upon himself to lay out Tetsuya Nato and berate him for losing his Intercontinental Championship to Jay White. And stick his name in the frame for another double championship win. Everybody wants this double championship business, apparently. Yeah, uh, why is that the thing right now? Because I don't, I don't, NATO sets style. NATO says he wants to be double champion. Everybody wants to be double champion. I, I will actually agree with you on that. Yeah. It just seemed, uh, I, I do not agree with Jay White on that. 
No. Like, you, you have one belt. Just just keep the one belt. Unless you're Zack Sabre Jr. because you are Zacky two belts then. Yeah, at that point. I mean, yeah. I just, I don't, I don't encourage it, him being a double champion, but hey, if it happens, you know, whatever, more power to us here at Bullet Club, you know, <laughs> you know I, I have to support Bullet Club, but I would much rather see that heavyweight title to go to someone like maybe Kenta on RN. Well, I mean, it started, it started off with NATO saying it, and then Ibushi said, well, I could do that if I win the main event at Wrestle Kingdom and then win the That's main right. event against the IC Championship. Then Jay White said, well, I'm going to do it first. And obviously he defeated. And everything Jay said has come true. I can't deny that. Um, yeah, but that now, that's true. Which will involve matches that will take at least 15 minutes to get started. And they won't touch each other. Um, and it might be a bit boring. But, you know, Naito can polish anything up. Possibly good uh, Any thoughts on this, Ash? Well, you know how I feel about Tai Chi. You know, I will usually go for Suzuki Gun over Los Inglonables, but... But it's Tai Chi. But it's Tai Chi, and the <laughs> only good thing about a Tai Chi match is when you know with, when it's almost going to end, because the stripper pants come off. Let's face the facts. <laughs> I'm going to... I'll go... I was going for Lo, Los Inglonables, uh, uh, you know, you know. But yeah. I, I just... Honestly, if the match didn't have Tai Chi from Suzuki Gun, then maybe I'd go for Suzuki Gun, but... Yeah, no, I'm not the least bit, you know, shocked that, you know, Los Inglenables won. Yeah. yeah. Even if it was by DQ. Oh, uh, yeah. Tai Chi is probably the most likely to cause a DQ to get his own political advantage out of the entire New Japan roster, I feel. And it's like, what is that woman seeing him? What is it? Well, what is Miho seeing him? What? Like, yeah. what is it? I feel Miho Habi is a metaphor for all of us in life that we could all do better. <laughs> she actually teaches us the lessons in New Japan. Yes, yeah, she teaches us a morality tale. Like Peter, I must admit, bullet club, strong, independent woman. She doesn't need Yujiro. Yujiro needs him. Peter, rather. Quite clearly. However, Quite clearly. <laughs> Miho could do better. And she could do, do better. better. I mean, there's. I mean, she could do better in like I don't even know where, just anywhere, but fucking Tai Chi. Jesus. <laughs> Why? What do you see in him? There's so much fake gold and stripper <laughs> pants. You know, there's an account called Tai Chi Stripper Pants, and they followed me, and I told them, no, Tai Chi Stripper Pants. I don't want it. <laughs> I have told them I do not want it, so they need to unfollow me. Did you did you not, like, notice ever that, like, you ever used the sentence, no, Tai Chi Stripper Pants, I don't want this? I mean, I know I've said no Tai Chi so many times, but I never <laughs> thought I would say directly no to the stripper pants. Because, and then I just said, well, apparently everyone has a Twitter now. Jesus. Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, my favorite of those types of accounts is, I think it was, what was it? Eo ice cream? No, Eo Shirai's flowers. <laughs> Brilliant. I, I remember Okada's ice cream. And, Brilliant. Well, Osprey's neck was one of them. Well, next match. Uh, Yes. Jushin Thunder Liger. Yes, Minoru Suzuki uh, completes his mission to try and destroy the will of Jushin Thunder Liger in what arguably could be the match of the year. (laughs) From an emotional storytelling point of view, 
I mean, if you have the combined age of these two together, it comes out around about 95. And Does it really? Uh, well, Suzuki's 50, and Liger, Liger might be older. It might be 100 and something. We, it's one of those myths. We really do not know how old Liger is. I mean, we can go based off of Wikipedia, but we really have no clue. Liger's 54. Suzuki's 51. That, so on combined, record. It's a combined age of 106. 105, sorry. Yeah, 105. Combined age of 105. And they put in an outstanding performance. It wasn't Drushin Thunder Liger. It was Battle Liger. Yes, it was. Suzuki, which is a whole different ball game and a slightly different ball game from Kishin Liger. I was kind of hoping for Kishin Liger. But you know, I think we're off on to, to full death match it till some other point. Yeah, I think um, people were expecting that. I yeah. really do. And then, you know, he doesn't show up that way. So, I mean, it was, you know, to me, it was a little bit of a surprise. But uh, for the record, we actually don't know how old Jushin Thunder Liger really is. That's what's recorded. That's well, I watched him as a 20-year-old rookie in 1986. Okay, and I watched him as a kid, and yeah. he's been around longer than me, and I'm 32, so... Yeah, yeah I, so 86, 33 years ago, which would make... Well, I just turned 32, so I was born in 87, so... Yeah, I've been watching him longer than you've been alive. Yeah, and so that's why I said <laughs> we really do not know the true age or origin of Dushin Thunder Liger. That is my theory. And I don't care what people say. I want to say that that birthday on Wikipedia is incorrect. That's what he wants us to know. <laughs> we do know his real name, though. Suzuki shouted it out at a press conference. Yes, yes, he did. But we don't know his real age. <laughs> well, this match did show the fact that both of these old bastards can go really hard for a long time. Yeah, um, 17 minutes, right? 17 yeah. minutes, 38 seconds. It was brilliant, absolutely astoundingly good quality, and it basically told the story of Liger trying to chop down the big tree of Minoru Suzuki. Suzuki showed off more mat work than he'd done in a long time, and he tried to make it into a wrestling match rather than a brawl, because he knew that's what yeah. And um, it was just stunning. It was just absolutely perfect execution in the traditional wrestling style of Minoru Suzuki, and in Jushin Liger's mat attack, which is what he started doing really after he shattered his ankle in the late mid-90s and had to reevaluate what he could do in the wrestling ring. And these two brilliant story. And the thing is, the thing that really amazed me was looking at that match now and going back to the first match I saw him in in 1986. Mm-hmm. The first match I saw him in in 1986 was against a wrestler called Mark Rollerball Rocker, who was Tiger Mask 2. Sorry, Black Tiger 2. Oh, sorry, no, Black Tiger 1, the original Black Tiger. Um, back in the early 80s, but I saw them in British rings first. And the comparison between Mark Rocco, who was a Lancastrian wrestler, he was trained at the Snake Pit for a short while, he was a submission-style guy who was naturally intense and naturally angry all the time, and the comparison between him and Minoru Suzuki, it was like coming full circle for me. It was like the match was essentially the same match. (laughs) I might make you watch that just to prove my point. (laughs) Um, me or the or the viewers you don't have to, i don't you don't need to prove your point to me i mean <laughs> as you recall not that i'm there anymore but for still chair i did write a fantastic article mm. in reference to all these things true. yep very true not oh, not that i will ever I will be given credit for but but they are it is still there in the archive um very hard to you know 
no, I can say I honestly was not disappointed with the match. It was very, very, um, it was very emotional. Uh, it absolutely delivered as far as I would say one of the matches of the night. And to be honest, but that's just me. Okay, yeah, that's your opinion. I say one of the matches of the night. I would say it was equally as good as some of the other ones on the card further up. But um, I would definitely say, you know, probably one of the matches of the year. Um, especially, you know, how emotional it got towards the, the actual ending yeah. of the match. So, um, I was honestly not really disappointed in it at all. No. Uh, it, so... <laughs> You and I can agree this is probably one of the, the, the matches we would recommend for the year. Yeah, definitely. I definitely would. This one, I mean, to be honest, my two favorite matches of this year have been Suzuki matches. Suzuki versus Akada at Royal Quest and Suzuki versus Liger in this match. Yeah, me and you, I think we both talked about the Suzuki and yeah. Okada one. Yeah, they're just, just insane matches. And it just proves, like, Minoru Suzuki, when he's not being valued, will make do things to make sure he's valued. And that's... <laughs> New Japan have kind of ignored him this year. He's had two big matches, and he's brought the goods every time. And he will do. I don't. He'll be doing that in 10 years' time. If he's 16, he still wants to be there. He'll be as good as anybody else. And yeah. that's yeah. just figure out a way to do it, because he's that smart. He's got the best wrestling IQ of any wrestler I've ever seen. So, yeah, he's just going to be great forever. Um, but, yes. But this story, and, of course, the story ended with Suzuki clearing the ring of everybody and then bowing down to Jushin. Bowing down, yeah. Very respectable. I, it was very I, nice. And honestly, I actually I was on the bus when I watched it because I, I like I got to that point. And I've, got, I've got to watch this. I'm streaming it on the bus and I nearly cried while so I was watching that moment. But there you go. Because wrestling matches do make me cry from time to time. Yeah, because anyway. yeah, yeah, sometimes you know with New Japan we have just such great storytelling that yeah. as far as you know um, the move set for you know basically in the ring we have really good storytelling in the yeah. ring. So it is very, you know, you can get emotionally invested in it and you can get caught up in it. So I will say that as far as any wrestling promotion, New Japan always does do that to me, where I do get emotional sometimes. Well, essentially, these two sold, told a story with like four maneuvers. It was all about Suzuki sleeper, gosh style pile driver, and Liger trying to play an out there. And that was it. And everything else was right. And, <coughs> yeah. and it, was, it was the most basic wrestling match you've ever seen. But yeah. it told the story that needed to be told. It did it the right way. Yeah, it did. So, me and I can agree. Probably yeah. one of the messy matches of the year. And now, from the sublime to the ridiculous. <laughs> um, the next matchup was for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. I will say nothing of this match. I will give a lady a moment. Ladies and gentlemen, Will Ospreay versus El Fantasma. Ash, your thoughts. My thoughts? Uh... Well, where do, where do you want me to begin? Um, Anywhere you wish. I, I'm, I'm merely, I, w I, w I would just like to give you a platform with which to <laughs> go and uh, your thoughts about this particular match. Okay, well, well, let's see. The match ended at 27 minutes and 58 seconds. Yeah. Uh, Cage yeah. match gave it an 8.65, which is a little bit higher than the Juicy Thunder Liger match, I will say. Um, Meltsy Boy uh, gave it four and a half, by the way, if you're interested. Not that we are, but... Uh, 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 fuck him. Who cares? 
who gives a shit what, about his star rating. I prefer cage match only because it's, you know, a ranking system based off of different journalists and fans. Yeah. Um, for a minute there, I do believe that, you know, El Fantasmo did have a lot of people thinking that he was changed and that he was going in and, you know, as far as being fair, when it comes to this match, you know, doing a very clean, whatever, I don't care. A win's a win for us at Bullet Club. So, no, I'm okay with the low blows because I don't like Will. And he's aware of it. I don't care for him as a person. That's okay. I mean, to be fair, not many people do. Um, yeah, not very many people do. And I and I feel like it's, it's completely called for. And <laughs> if you... Let's see. Um... There was a lot of good spots in it. Um, the best spot was probably most, like the best spot and probably going to be the most re- like remembered spot in this match is the balcony, the balcony spot. Oh yeah, that was Go- that was pretty stunning to be honest. <laughs> it was, you know, it it was very. I, I was a little concerned. I'm not gonna lie. I was a little bit like, okay, I don't know where this is this is going, but you know, it greatly delivered. Um, let's see what else did I, I'm trying to think what Osprey did because I did not go rewatch the show, but I did really enjoy the match, and that's not me being biased. I really did enjoy it. Um, we had you know a few low blows, we had Osprey just being a fucking show off. Um, also keep in mind, you know, as far as during this time, um, El. You know, El Phantasma was in the dojo. Yes, he was. He he was in there. I can, you know, a lot of us can verify that he was in there during the flooding. Um, you go right ahead, and then I'll I'll continue, James. No, I was just saying, yeah, he was there during this particular sequence. And obviously, I, I joke about Will Ospreay. I mean, I do think Will Ospreay is fantastic. However, his ability, as we've talked about many times, it just depends on how he does it, what he says over Twitter that particular week. And to be fair to him, he hasn't said anything. So he's improving both as a human being and a professional wrestler. And Do you think you he's know, improving as a human being? The ability to understand that what he says matters has been impressed upon him by his actions. I think uh, he won't even get be a shark. I don't. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> he won't but, get be a shark. Um, yeah, I mean, there was a lot. A lot of counters, a lot of near falls in this match. I will say that. Um, it was almost... I, I honestly could tell you I was not sure who it was going to go to halfway through the match because of all the near falls. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was artistic. Just, yeah, it was. It was very well put together, especially, you know, during that time. Yeah, it's... Uh-huh. And uh, Gino, uh, my, my dear friend Gino, was assaulted by Will. And really? just rest assured, yes, he was assaulted really? by him. Did really? you not see the footage? He was assaulted and he was injured while he was calling the match. Mm-hmm. And just know that the Aussie authorities have been notified, okay? Right. Okay, then. I've there, there is photographic you. evidence out there. And you, and you know that, okay? We all know it. We all saw it on World. It was I recorded. Or in the way. <laughs> we saw it. 
And he even told him to stop. Okay, he told him to stop before he did it. Okay. There's photographic evidence. Uh, it, there's photographic evidence, James. I don't care what uh, anyone says. I uh, saw uh, it with my uh, own well, eyes. But what about Taiji Shimori coming in at the end and trying to get the belt to Phantasmo to win the match? Um, Taiji, you know, I, I, I love Taiji. He's a great guy. Absolutely great guy. I, 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 I don't guy see anything wrong. <laughs> he was just being a good brother, okay? Which is clearly, you know, something you just can't understand. You just don't get it. You just want to judge us for being, you know, for us wanting to win championships, okay? That's all it is. I think, I think all of you, I think all of you in chaos just, y'all are just jealous of all of us. That's all it is. Call it like it is. Like, you know, I mean, it maybe is unfair that we keep winning all these titles for extendedly long periods of time. But anyway. Excuse me. How many belts does El Phantasmo have right now? Two. Two. And you okay, how, how many, uh, hold on, Hang how, on many, how many World Cups does he have? How many Cups does he have? He had, He won the British J Cup two last year because I was there when he won it. Yeah, and uh, he won the Super J Cup this year. That's two. Okay, do you also yeah. know that he has, he has one from Germany? And, of course, the Pacific Northwest, that's four Cups. That's, okay. oh, but, but what Osprey has won the... the Best of Super Juniors twice, and you know <laughs> he's a three-time IWGP who, Junior. Who cares and, about Osprey? That's just old news. He's well, just old news. Like, let's just move on. It's it's our time. Osprey's old news. Okay, it's just old. I'm sick of seeing his face everywhere and everyone talking about how you know Osprey this and Osprey that. You know, whatever. You know, it's it's time to let you know that the light shine on someone else will. Okay, you can't have everything, Will. You just can't have everything, William. <laughs> Billy emotion spray. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, what can we say? Will's Will, isn't he? And you know, William. He won't he's... even get be a shark. I'm, we all I'm know. Waiting. We all know who the top gaijin in his house is. I'm it waiting. Him. I'm, I'm actually waiting for him to introduce to be Priestley's. Priestley's fiance, which would be brilliant. <laughs> uh, we all know that she's the top gaijin in the house, okay? Yeah, and she's a New Zealander like your mom, so there you go. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, well, she's kind of shark for B. <laughs> shark for B. Shark for B. Anyway, um, yeah, that was that much, and it was very, um, I, I approve generally of this particular matchup. Uh, the next match it was a six-man tag. Hiroki Dioto, Tom Hirishi, and Yoshihashi defeated Bullet Club. Jay White, Kenta, Yuji Takahashi with Ghetto in 12 minutes and 27 seconds. Let me repeat that again. A chaos six-man team beat Bullet Club. Um, and that'd be your Hiroki Goto pulling away Yuji Takahashi there as Goto goes after Jay White's Intercontinental Championship. Of course, he's a Intercontinental Champion himself. Ishii is kind of lining up with Kenta um, again as well as the former never open weight champion. That was, that was just luck. That was just luck. Oh, we all know Kent, it. Kenta beating uh, Tommy Hiroishi. Yes, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you do agree. So Kent, you do agree against chaos. That is I, no, luck. I, no, I said I said it was lucky that Kenta beat Ishii with the help of the Gorillas of Destiny. And he beat Yoshihashi. I'll have you know, Kenta doesn't need anyone's help. He can do everything on his own. 
Okay. Really? We, we just wanted to help. We just wanted to be there to support him. Hmm. Hmm. Anyway, moving on. But yeah, I mean, the actual match itself was a load of fun to watch. And it kind of sets the stories up for the next coming months. Obviously, Goto is still looking pretty unstoppable, actually. This new model of Roki Goto, I don't know where they found him from. As Chelsea said on last week's show, where did he come from? Uh, where is this the same guy? He's doing things he used to do long times ago. When he won, for instance, the um, actual G1 in 2008, he looks like that. And he looks lit. He looks ripped and lean, and he looks like a guy who means business. And he's had a really good year. He's had some cracking matches as well. Not sure he's going to beat Jay White. But we definitely, you never know, do you? It'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on this particular match up there, then, Ashley? Uh, it was luck. And as far as Goto, I do agree with you on that, though. I really do. I think Ishii, Ishii versus Kenta, I think they deserve another go around because the actual match at Royal Quest was all right, but it wasn't yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I I, I'm really excited to talk about the, the next upcoming match, though. Yes, I can understand you getting to that, but, but I just, um, yeah, it, it was all right, this matchup. It wasn't going to tear trees up, and it just sets up story for elsewhere. We'll see what yeah, happens. Yeah. Uh, next was the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship match, which was Lance Archer versus Juice Robinson. Obviously, Lance Archer replacing John Moxley, who could not make it because of the, the rain. Um, it was a no disqualification match, as demanded by Archer, because that was the advertised match, and he argued that the fans should not be uh, shortchanged. You, you, they pay to see an ODQ match, and there should be an ODQ match. Juice Robinson, uh, of course, acquiesced, being the upstanding bloke he is, uh, but he lost the championship to uh, Lance Archer and an interesting move which I didn't think how can I put this I didn't think it would be I thought Juice would win because I thought Juice would beat Moxley because that's the obvious story to tell mm. but I think they can do more with Archer as champion and it extends Moxley's not Moxley extends Juice Robinson's storyline and if mm-hmm. Mox does come back I'm not thinking he will do it at the minute because I think he's probably going to get quite busy with AEW um, if Moxley does come back, there's much more to mix in. Something makes everything more exciting. Um, you... you know what I mean? I say, who cares, who cares? about about <laughs> Moxley? It's all about Archer right now. It's all about the murder hawk, okay? I was very happy that he won. I, I was there congratulating him. And I was like, you know, thank you for bringing the IWGP US Championship to our home state, Lance. Thank you. I, I wondered how long it was going to be before Texas got mentioned. Yeah, yeah. I was very excited. I was very happy, and I didn't see Juice winning it. Sorry. Sorry, Juice. And I don't even know what the hell Juice was wearing. He looked very stylish. I enjoyed that outfit. Well, it's better than the foam cup from the convenience store, I will say that. (laughs) But it was a thoroughly entertaining matchup. It was kind of more of a Western-style matchup. Um, I'm not convinced no no DQ works in New Japan. I'll be honest. It, re- it really does. <laughs> to be honest with you, it just means you can actually put stuff in the ring. Yeah, it just doesn't seem correct. And it looks labored because they're not used to doing it. It's like yeah. you watch a big Japan pro wrestling match where it's death matches all the time. They're really nippy about getting tables up and chairs and everything happens super smooth because they're, they're trying to make it look realistic. Whereas this is just like, oh, it's taking them five minutes. I like the way Archer would like. Set up a chair in a corner, like go do a pet tearing 
cover off, then go beat up Juicen more, then go Terra Ring cover off, beat up Juicen more, because it made it look realistic. But it it was hard work. <laughs> Harder work than it should have been. Brilliant performance by both guys, but they were kind of working against their environment. If this was a straight-up wrestling match, it would have been far more interesting. In my opinion, anyway. Yeah, fantastic match. I had, you know, I was just very, you know, I was just very happy for Lance in general. Even if he, like, let's say, you know, Lance wasn't from Texas, I, I would be extremely happy for him. Okay. Yeah, no, I was like, yeah. Well, no, true. Lance Archer has had an astounding year since he turned into a fully viable solo wrestler. Who knew the Killer Elite squad was actually holding him back? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I'm just, I was so happy that he was given that opportunity. Um, yeah. For a minute there, you know, we were, uh, you know, me and um, Courtney, you know, cross queen, um, formerly known as the Switch Babe, we were talking about how we were we were constantly, you know, tweeting at Lance to see if he was going to make the show. So we were really concerned that he wasn't going to make it. Mm. He arrived on the, I think the show was on Monday. I think he arrived on the Monday morning. Yeah. Yeah. It was a close one thing for him. I'm trying to think who they would have put in that match if Lance couldn't made it. I think it probably would have been... I'm trying to think. Who could they have done? Because everyone was busy. Yeah. Osprey, I guess, would have been. No, they can't do that because he had a title defense. It may have been. I have you know that Mr. Juicy Gambino would have saved the show. Okay. He would have. <laughs> he would have been in that match, and then he would have left to call it afterwards. Okay. He would have called all the other matches afterwards. He would have saved the show. So by doing that, Bullet Club saves New Japan. Genius. I, 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 you know what? I have you know. It would be a really interesting matchup. A scientific affair. A friendly wrestling contest between friends would have been nice to put in that particular spot, I think. But, you know, but, you know, some of us in Bullet Club were here helping out with the dojo during the typhoon. You know where Will was? Getting hit, getting his ass handed to him by Gino in Australia. You just remember that. I would also point out that, you know, um, Rocky is front officer. He was actually there as well. <laughs> <laughs> I know and, Rocky was there. Yes, and he came and in he, on he, the rest of the show. Yes, I, I will say that about Rocky. He is an honorable man in that aspect. But New album I can, coming out soon uh, if you go to rockyromero.com forward slash merch. And I have you know, as long as I don't hear how many times he has to say, there's Okada, my best friend, Okada. That's my friend, Okada. I'd be okay with them. It, that is his best friend, though. Well, we all know all of you guys in chaos are secret sex workers. <laughs> that is my theory. And I'm sticking to it. Hang on, hang on. Hang on. You've got Peter and Yujiro in Bullet Club. Excuse me. Peter is a dancer. She is a dancer. A professional dancer. And how dare you, sir? Uh, did I say there was anything wrong with it? There's nothing wrong with being a professional dancer, okay? Being a professional sex worker either. I should, uh, you should not be shaming people. I just don't like Okada, okay? You know, ever since I released my private photo book, you know, I'm just trying to make it drizzle. He over there making it rain, okay? <laughs> Anywho, so, let's move on to the next matchup. The IWGP heavyweight title number one contender at the Tokyo Dome match. Kota Ibushi defeats Evil in 24 minutes and five seconds. This was a corking matchup. Kind of predictable. because we know Yeah, we it was. Today, uh, which is the same match same thing the main event suffered from. However, that doesn't mean these two weren't trying. This was phenomenal. 
really, really good match. And Evil is so good. He is underrated, and he deserves more main event time. He's just in a point where New Japan has that many great main event level talents that he's kind of like second tier by default. He's kind of Goto level, unfortunately for him. Nothing. There's anything wrong with that. He's going to make a good living, but I I don't see him winning a big one for a long period of time soon. And he's won one never openweight championship. Um, and interestingly, he's one of the guys not going after a double championship. He just wants the IWGP heavyweight championship. He said because because Chris uh, Chris Jarton said if anything, I'd be the IWGP heavyweight championship, and then me and Sonata go win the tag team titles the next night. That's what mm-hmm. he wants. He wasn't. He was not bothered about dominance through singles. Has to be the best all-round wrestler in the company, which is an interesting story to tell. Rabushi um, is looking like a main event money-making star, which he needs to be to fill that Tokyo Dome, not once but twice. So it's looking pretty cool for him at the moment. What are your thoughts on this matchup, and what are your thoughts on the run for Rabushi? Has he been pushed strongly enough and in the right direction? Um, you know, I'm really happy for Coda. You know, I think it's about time, you know, he's had the opportunity as far as, you know, maybe main eventing, you know, Tokyo Dome or as far as, you know, even having an opportunity with that title as far as, you know, the heavyweight title. So in a lot of aspects, I was very happy to see him win the G1 because I do think, you know, it's been a long time coming. Um, as far as the match, you know, with Evil and, and, you know, Coda or Ibushi, you know, Golden uh, Star, whatever you all want to go by, you know, it's it's whatever. I I do feel, you know, I agree with you. It was easily predictable, mm-hmm. but the combination of as far as both of their styles, you know, Evil's very very firm, you know, very Smart. aggressive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Coda's, you know, very quick. Um, you know, his strikes are very, very good. So it, it did make a, an interesting matchup, but it was predictable. This is this is essentially the the '66 Green Bay Packers going against the '66 San Diego Chargers. <laughs> that would be the best analogy for it. Yes. I will say that. Smash Mouth, Ground and Pound, Vince Lombardi versus uh, <laughs> Sid Gilman's Air, Air California offense. Um, two teams that never that never played each other because they were in different leagues at the time. But it would have been the most fantastic thing to see. Um, anyway, yes, Makoto Ibushi defeats Evil and lines himself up for the Tokyo Dome. Next up was Kazuchika Okada versus Sanada. 36 minutes and 21 seconds. This is about, the, I'm sure it's the fourth time I've seen these two wrestle each other this year. Yeah. Like I, said, I wasn't particularly looking forward to this, I must admit, because I've seen it too many times. That doesn't mean it was going to be a bad match. You but I want to know my opinion. What you got on? I, I honestly didn't pay attention halfway through it. Yeah. I, I mean, I was I watched the whole match, and I will never get tired of watching Akada do anything. But it was... There's only so many stories they can tell in a certain amount of time with two wrestlers, and this is the reason why people are kept apart for long stretches of time. And eventually, you kind of play through all your options, and things like this happen, where Sonata's wrestled Akada for quite some time. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's just that... I think they're probably a little bit tired of each other and need to have a change. A change is as good as a rest in this particular well, situation. Well, well, I'm tired of them too, so I understand the feeling. Yeah, 
the feelings mutual. I'm tired of those two together as well. So, um, I did, I'll be honest with you. I saw the beginning of it. I saw the entrance and I kind of stopped paying attention halfway through because we've seen it so many times. Um, not that there's anything wrong as far as the matches that they do put on together. It's mm. just that, I mean, you and I've been analyzing, been analyzing the shows, the shows mm. throughout the year. And we've seen it so many times that it's kind of like, uh, I mean, I really, I'll be honest with you. The parts that I did see weren't any different than the previous three matches we saw through the year. Um, As far as, you know, the move set. So immediately I lost interest. I think as well, they have kind of similar styles, which doesn't always fit well like. Kota versus Akada is something I really want to see because their styles don't match. You know, they're, they're different types of wrestlers. And no, that, I, I agree with you. Forward to, and, you know, what, one of the reasons that made Akada versus Jay White so interesting is he'd never wrestled anyone like Jay White because it was something new and fresh and interesting. And it's not that Sonata's boring, far from it. He's, he's an amazing wrestler. Um, it's just that there's only so many things those two can do with each other in a certain way. Um, yeah. yeah, it's still. I, I'm not complaining because it's the. Yeah, it's it was, still a very high quality. Yeah, it was. It was still, you know, very well done. You know, the match. You know, it was still very well done. The move set was fantastic. I will say that. But at the same time, you and I have seen it. You know, we've seen that move set, like maybe uh, slightly different three other yeah. times. That story so, got three other times before, and they could have done some of the things with it to make it more interesting. Maybe one of them is. Maybe a card is carrying injury, or you know, there's things they could have done. To yeah, make I mean, solid match. I will say it is a solid match. Um, if people, I'm not going to, you know, discredit either one of them as far as the way the match um, went and the move set. Very solid match. It's just that for us, and you know, I agree with James. We've us two, we've seen it multiple yeah. times, and you can only see it so many times before you're like, uh. I've already seen this. I know how this is going to pretty much end. I did like, I mean, I did like the finish as well with Okada shaking Sonata's hand and showing him a bit of respect. It kind of brings Sonata up a level. He's now more useful in other places. He's helped get Sonata over to a different level. But equally, yeah. he's not going to win a championship anytime soon because there's too many people doing other things. So it's, that's what made it predictable. It's just that he was the least worst option. Yeah, um, ex- exactly. And it's, you know, we're in the position in New Japan this year, at least, you know, for 2019. We mm. have a lot of spectacular talent. I mean, have, it's, it's just, it's, it's insane how good our roster is this year. You know, yeah. junior heavyweights especially are killing yeah. it this year. Um, heavyweights, you know, they've always done well. But this year, I would say junior heavyweights is, you know, that style is becoming a little bit more dominant again, which I'm proud to see because I've always supported, you know, as far as the junior heavyweights and the cruiserweights in any wrestling promotion. And yeah. so I'm just happy that we're at least getting that opportunity to come back again as like a strong division for New Japan because I feel like we were kind of, I honestly feel, and people can disagree with me, whatever they want, I don't care. If you disagree with me, just know you're fucking wrong because you haven't been paying attention the past three years. The junior weight division hasn't been that dominant and hasn't been that strong for quite some time. So this year, it's a pretty good year. 
I think, yeah, I think as well they had um, actually losing Kushida to WWE was actually probably the best thing that happened. And and it does happen when you lose a big star, you have to rethink and rejig and move people around. And it was kind of like everything they had before revolved around Kushida one way or another. And there's nothing wrong with that. He was the ace of the division. That's the way it's supposed to work. Yeah, but even when Kushida was there, I felt like, you know, a lot of people didn't really look at junior heavyweights that much at that time. I think um, that, I've, uh, if I may interrupt, I will say when Kenny Omega was IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship, they did. But when he went up to the heavyweight division, there was a sudden vacuum again. I, I was actually going to bring that up. And it also yeah. didn't help with the comment he made that one time um, when he basically said that he was starving as a junior weight. As, yeah. if, as if junior heavyweights, their pay is, you know, below standards, that they're pretty much getting nothing or anything that way and that's how it's a psychological thing um especially with wrestling fans is that that's how they take that in so they assume that the junior heavyweight division is less than any other division which is completely inaccurate if anything it takes more skill to be a junior heavyweight than a heavyweight so i just want to make that very clear yeah and it's a long-standing argument back to tiger mask in the dynamite pit you know this is the third this is the reason why shoot wrestling became a thing Funnily enough, <laughs> because two junior heavyweights in, um, well, Akira Maeda and Satoru Sayama decided they were sufficiently pissed off with New Japan Pro Wrestling, ignoring their talents, that they started the UWF. The UWF became the UWF 2, UWF mm-hmm. became the UWFI, half uh, the UWF, UWF roster became uh, Fujiwari. Have, you, and then have Pan- we talked about that on the Trick Benny show, on a separate yeah, show? We have. If you, back in the archives of the. Uh, Beginner's Guide to Japan, if you find the story as about the shows where me and Chelsea reviewed Pro Wrestling Fujiwari Gum, UWFI, UWF Reborn. Okay, so it was you and Chelsea. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I can look at the history of that, but it all came from disgruntled junior heavyweights not being perceived to be the big draws of the company when they clearly were. And it is still, uh, still a bit of a... What's the word? It's still a bit of an albatross around the neck of some guys if they let it be. And Kenny was one of those guys. And I don't, you're right. I don't think he was right to say that. I don't uh, think he was right to say that. And I don't, you know, it, it hurt me as an analyst that, you know, and as a professional that supports junior heavyweight talent, supports cruiserweight talent. And that's one thing you've always known about me is that I've always supported that division. I know the books. Uh, Said the, uh, the books have also said the same thing that they didn't felt they were rewarded for what they were doing too. But equally, without that New Japan platform, you have no elite. Without the elite, you don't get AEW. So there's it's, this roundabout really about. I, I just think to that. But anyway, so it's a conversation for another day. But I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah, no, that's a conversation for another day, and I don't agree with it. Um, and as an analyst, as an individual, that that deal specifically with junior heavyweight talent and cruiserweight talent. I felt, um, cause you know, James, um, you and I met when, when I started working at still chair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I have publicly said that I felt the jobs, the, the article writing that I was told to do, I felt in a way help like hurt a lot of the division that I supported and New mm. Japan. Yeah. I have publicly said that. Um, mm. Only because I 
I, I really do feel that, you know, just by him making that comment and the way things were taken, it really did hurt that division and it made them seem less than when in fact they're not. No. Uh, they're, they're, they're by far not. Um, so I feel like it's, you know, 2019, the end of 2019, I feel 2020 is going to be, it's going to be a good year for at least that division for the junior heavyweights and the cru- or cruiserweights, whatever, whatever you want to call them. You know, I, I will, it's just. I will have to say though as well. Um, at this point, as much as both of us and everybody else on the show has cracked on about Will Ospreay, the work that he's put in in the last 12 months as ace of the junior division is one of the reasons why it is as good as it is now. Um, and, you know, we, we do blend Billion up, but that's kind of the deal with him. <laughs> well, I can't well, deny that. I can't yeah. deny that. He's been one of the best wrestlers in the world, not the best junior heavyweight wrestler in the world, one of the best wrestlers in the world, arguably the best wrestler in the world. Um, so Mo Chatter, one of our contributors, certainly believes that, like on the flair, Fujin flair, um, Misawa kind of level, and yeah, and also Taiji Shimori and El Fantasmo and even Raisuki Taguchi has worked very hard to put back together the division that needed a new fresh face and needed a, a new development. Yeah, and you know we we are you know we do have new talent in for the junior heavyweight division, and. I'm excited, you know, I've just really, I'm really overjoyed in the sense as far as that division, because as much as a lot of press work that I did before, I Mm. never felt right with having to, and, you know, you and I have talked and we, because we pretty much agree, other than the standard, you know, Bullet Club versus Chaos. Mm ongoing feud that you and I have friendly feud but you and I have always agreed when it came to New Japan as a whole and as a company and I will constantly tell people I've never I've never cared for the heavyweight division and that's just personally me I'm not discrediting anything that they're doing but I've always I've always supported the junior heavyweight division in any company and I will continue to do so regardless of what people think and I'm much the same with women's wrestling. Obviously, there's no women's wrestling division in New Japan at the moment. We'll talk about that in a minute. However, you know, it, women's wrestling is my thing. And it's the Sendai Girls is the company I follow the most and believe in the most. Not that I dislike New Japan. I've been a New Japan fan for 30 years. But, you know, it's just our favorites, isn't it? It's the stuff we actually like ourselves. Yeah. And I don't know what you're referenced to because I completely translated everything that was at that press conference and it's on our site, James. <laughs> so y'all keep hoping for something that's not going to happen. But go right ahead. You you express your, your thoughts and your feelings. Well, the uh, this week it was announced that Bushy Road, the company that owns New Japan Pro Wrestling, has taken a controlling stake in World Wonder Ring stardom home of such wrestlers as Tony Storm and Beast Priestley whilst in Japan. And most importantly, of course, uh, session moth Martina. Uh, I, Yay, did actually, Martina. I did actually point out this week that session moth wasn't at that press conference. She was clearly mm-hmm. the one handling the details with the road, and mm-hmm. I think she got them a good deal. Well, um, I, I know who I'd want in a charge of negotiation when it came to you know dealing with those big road. I'd want Martina for the bank. Um, yeah, this this is an interesting development. It doesn't really mean an awful lot for the company at the moment because no. uh, they can't share the same stream. Really. 
the obvious thing to do, but because obviously New Japan is heavily in, in deal, a deal with Aisha TV and mm-hmm. uh, with NTV, uh, which is traditionally the home of Japanese, it means that they can't go. Um, but what it does mean is start of publicity purposes and to develop their roster, which means yes, earn a much bigger profit, which is key, really what they're after. And it might show a few Western fans up about the fact that they don't have women's pro wrestling. Um, yeah, I also I also shut up to wrestling Twitter the other Twitter. day when I said I translated the mm-hmm. conference, which is on IndieEmpire.com, thanks to me. Because you're awesome. Oh, I'm sorry, James, you broke up. What? I said because you're awesome. Yeah, because unlike all of you, I took Japanese studies, okay? So, yeah, I knew what was going on. But um, I did, anyways, I did translate it for everyone. It is appropriate translation. Uh, info was provided by Stardom and, of course, uh, the J- um, Yahoo Japanese Press. And mm-hmm. it basically goes over basically everything James said. Um, it, it's a great opportunity for Stardom because they're going to be pushed to that level almost close to New Japan. It doesn't necessarily mean that they will be working in New Japan. So I want to make that very clear to people. No, no, no. no it, it probably... Unlikely. You might get some appearances of Stardom wrestling at Wrestle Kingdom and things like that, but you wouldn't necessarily have a wrestling match from Stardom on a Wrestle yes, Kingdom. Yeah. Exactly. And that's what people need to understand because wrestling Twitter was all over the place. I'm like, did y'all even bother to translate? Oh, wait, I forgot. No, because y'all are too lazy to. But I ended up doing it for you. So you can go to IndieEmpire.com and it's listed there in English in the correct format. Uh, basically, what it means is that these um, Stardom ladies, uh, stars, are going to be elevated to a similar level to the men of New Japan. They will have a lot of things that New Japan stars have. Trading cards, a better on-demand service, a more expensive main event. They will be televised just like the men. So Mm. it is fantastic for stardom, and I'm very happy for them. I think so as well. I mean, like, I think the big difference you're going to see is they probably will start playing bigger holes just because they can put more publicity out there. They're not having to front end the shows as much because they've got more of a financial cushion. Uh, the rumors from uh, various sources, uh, Wrestling Observer, I suppose we should mention them. If we actually... Yeah, Dave um, can suck a dick because he was fucking wrong. Well, Dave's some modern Josh here all over the place, but they did. Make- I secretly think he dislikes them. He does not like women's wrestling, and that's my theory. And I don't care. I'm go- I, Dennis Dave has in the past was the person that put a big window on with Japanese women's wrestling. He was the first. Don't don't give him more credit than he deserves, James. Let me finish my sentence. You're interrupting me now. Anyway. I just get really mad when everyone acts like he knows everything about wrestling journalism when, in fact. You know what? He just convinced y'all that he knows something about wrestling. And I take that from Al Snow, and I agree with him. There. I mean, I was going to say, he was the person that shone a light on AJW, uh, All Japan Women, and Gaia in the, in the 90s and the early 2000s. And he was a guy that put, put the onus on them as some of the greatest wrestlers in the world. Having said that, he clearly hasn't watched a Joshi match since 1999. And, yeah. you know, he's, the fact that he once said, um, the Asuka, as in WWE's Asuka, not the Joshi Asuka, mm-hmm. Anna was a former World Ring Stardom uh, roster member, which is hilarious. No, the politics. Mm. Um, <laughs> but 
is absolutely wrong. So he, and, but he did point out that the WWE had put in an offer in. Which, if it's true, and I can quite honestly see that being a reasonable thing, because if WWE were going to go for a foothold in the Japanese market, you'd go for the one company with the most Western appeal, which is Stardom. Yeah, um, absolutely. It's not, it's not the biggest company in the Joshi market at the moment. That would be Oz Academy. And yeah, Oz Academy no, that's true. Oz, Oz Academy work on a TV model. So they work on television, bringing in Livegate, the old-fashioned wrestling model, whereas the mm-hmm. other companies tend to be more about streaming and earn money in different ways, which is the reason why, like, Gato Move can stream wrestling in somebody's front room. Sorry, <laughs> I just I just get really pissed off when people want to talk shit to me because I disagree, and then I end up being right. And I'm like, okay, where's my credit? Oh, you remember the time Dave announced the incorrect girl for AEW, and I wrote the article because we knew who was coming out? Let's all not talk about that. Well, you know... Dave has the biggest mouthpiece and no sense of humor. So. Yeah, yeah, that's that's sad. Give it up to the king of the dirt of the dirt sheets, the father of all dirt sheets and some lies. Let's give him more credit than he deserves. Are you okay? No, I'm just hyped up on caffeine. Oh, okay then. That kind of explains the last 50 minutes we've been talking. Anyway, um, that pretty much covers the New Japan Shows minute. At the minute, they have got the Super J Tag League, which is going on, and all the teams are in there. Next big tournament will be World Tag League, and the next main event is Power Struggle, which will not feature the IWGP Heavyweight Championship match because it has been set. The main event yeah. for Wrestling Kingdom 14 will be Kazuchika Okada versus Kota Ibushi for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship match. Uh, we don't know what the IC title is going to be. I'm guessing Jay White versus Tetsuya Nato. I'm reckoning yeah, go, go to White at Power Struggle and then White versus Nato, which would be a really interesting match because I've not seen those two have a real set two. That could be something quite awesome. Yeah, yeah um, I, I agree with you on that. That's probably what's going to happen. I, I honestly can't verify it, but that's the safe assumption we can make. Um, as far as Okada defending his title both nights, doesn't the second um, match usually go to the IC title holder? Um, the, the Well, uh, this was Ibushi's idea originally. Ibushi wanted to win the IWGP Heavyweight Championship on the 4th at, um, at uh, Wrestle Kingdom and then challenged for the IC title, whoever was a champion, at New Year's Dash on the 5th, which are both going to be in the Tokyo Dome. And I guess that could happen, but I think it's one of those things that like happens at a New Japan press conference and New Japan won't do. Like it, WWE, anything anybody says in a promo may happen the following week. It's like predictive speech. Yeah. In Japan, everything happens that everything that happens in a press conference is wishful thinking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I watched the press conference, and that's why I was like, oh, I don't know exactly who's gonna. It's going to be I'm defended not, with, but I, I think it's crazy enough to do two half-hour matches in two nights. NATO and Ibushi yeah. not to do it, and that would be the most interesting match. Yeah, and for all y'all that that pay attention to the Wrestling Observer, if you want to come and attack me on Twitter, that's perfectly fine. Just know I'm just going to block you <laughs> and move on with my life because I can do that. Uh, uh, well, there you go. It's we have other friends. <laughs> if you, if yeah. you want, if no, you it's just it's name, just it irritates me. Yeah, uh, you know, sadly, it irritates me sometimes because I feel like 
you know, you and I work really hard, like, especially you, James, you've worked so hard in this industry as an actual journalist. And, and then I worked really hard to be where I'm at today. And Mm -hmm. yet we, I feel like in a sense, we really don't get, we're, you know, our journalism skills aren't, are very unappreciated. And that's the reason why I get mad. And that's what people need to understand is that's the real reason why I get upset. I don't have any personal beef with Dave. I've never met the man. Um, But, you know, I have no personal beef with them whatsoever. It's just that when you're in the business of the way James is, and he's been in it for years, and he's worked for pretty much almost every pro wrestling magazine, and I've Mm. worked for several different sites and, you know, a magazine, accredited sites, and then I, you know, me and James built, you know, I built this magazine and James was, I was so lucky to have James come along and help me out. Cause I honestly didn't know what I was doing <laughs> <laughs> when well, I started. You did pretty well. I'm not knowing what you were doing. I, I mean, I'm doing pretty well. We're, we're worldwide. I mean, our special editions at every Amazon yeah. around the world, uh, we're in Australia, India, um, the UK, Canada, Mexico, Japan, uh, U.S. markets, you know, we're in three different U.S. markets. We're on Blurb, we're in Barnes & Noble, and we're on Amazon. So for me not doing, not knowing what I'm doing, um, at least having an idea, I think, you know, we've accomplished a lot. And what has it only, we've only been open for like five months, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we we have about 52K readers. readers. Yeah, so we're doing okay. We're doing okay, you know, starting off, but... You know, just for the record, I just that's the reason why I get upset is because we work really hard. Um, we look into facts, you know, we develop relationships with talent to help them out. And I feel in a sense that the bar for pro wrestling journalism is incredibly low because of a lot of things like this. And we don't get any type of recognition. We don't get the awards, even though I think James should have gotten an award. For his pro wrestling journalism skills. I do. I truly think so. You should have gotten an award. But, you know, you and I, we will never get those awards. <laughs> well, thank and, you. You know, and that's the fact. And I just want people to understand that, you know, the bar has been lowered. And that's why I get upset a lot of the time. Because right. I know how hard James has worked for years. And I know how hard I work to make sure everyone is well informed. And try to give some type of spotlight or platform or try to help talent develop in the position that they should so that way they can they can work in this industry outside of wwe outside of AEW. hell if you go to ref pro that's fine that's great if you go to ref pro yeah like to to me that is the that is a uk high standard and i think james can agree with me Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you we want you to succeed and both of us have the attitude of like if we can highlight, uh, get somebody. if you want to work for WWE, that's cool. We will help you try and promote you and make you. Uh, I, I've uh, helped many guys. Yeah. WWE. Yeah. You know, and, and New Japan and AEW, any way you want to work, we don't care if you're a good wrestler and a good person, male, female or junior. Yeah. Heavyweight, we will help you out. Um, and, you know, we've interviewed loads of different people and the funnest part of my job that i've done in my pro wrestling journalism career was interviewing people and talking to people and giving them a platform to move on and do things that 
that they've done because of the publicity they've got. And this stuff, you know, the uh, Super Smash Brothers is a good example of that. The guys in the Super Smash Brothers were now the, oh, the AW tag team with the swarming people whose name I can't remember. Them. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it, player, player Uno and uh, uh, Duke. Um, player Uno, I interviewed like six, seven years ago for WrestleBook. Basically, because when you try and get a European tour, you have to prove to you that you are a viable person or prove to countries within the EU that you're a viable person in that particular position. So you have to go to um, the consulate and say, look, here, I've done this, and here is the evidence that I need to do this. Mm-hmm. And then the consulate will say, right, you are a, uh, a viable person in this particular industry. You clearly have name value. You are valid. And then you go to Portugal or wherever. And they needed press, and I was quite happy to help them out. And this stuff matters. One of the clippings gets me, gets them some information that they exist, they are viable, they can do European tours. So our work actually does matter, and we are very proud of it because the more platforms we give people, the more wrestling improves, better everything is for the industry for everybody else. Exactly. And, you know, when I came in, you know, my, my personal goal was, you know, and I've told people this, is I wanted people to realize Canadian wrestling's still there. I wanted people to see what Australia had to offer. Mm. That was my personal goal. And I think I've done a great job in displaying Canadian wrestling all over Canada. And, you know, I think I've done a great job with Australia. And I, you know, if you want to go to WWE, that's fine. You want to go to AEW, that's fine. I will not... You know, me and James will not, we won't judge you. Huh? We won't ostracize you because you want to make a living. I mean, exactly. I've helped, I've helped guys that are in WWE. I've wrote fantastic articles. Same here. You know, it, you know, I don't, I personally don't care as long as you're supported and you get to do what you want to do. But that's yeah. the reason why I get so upset when I just want people to understand it's not it's not a personal vendetta. It's I get upset because I know how hard I work and I yeah. know how hard James works and we've been doing it for years and James longer than me, you know, like that's that's a given. Like I, I can't compete with James when it comes to that. But if you want us to evaluate your career, by all means, I'll be more than happy to do an evaluation for you, which I, I do for a lot of pro wrestlers to yeah. tell you what your weakness is, what your strength is. And um, just know, I'm going to watch 10 years of your matches when I do it. Because <laughs> I've, I've done that. It takes me about a week. Yeah. And if you look at the people we tend to support who are journalists that don't work for the same people as us, you know, people like Kirsten Ashley and Striger and David Bixenspan and uh, Latoya Jackson, they're good writers and they do their level best to support the wrestling industry, which is yeah, what we all trying I got my friends at Daily DDT, you know. Yeah. I, you know, we're still, believe it or not, this, sure. you know, <laughs> con- you know, it's it's a very small community of us. Uh, Connor from OKKFabe OK does his best, you know. I talk to Connor every once in a while. He he yeah. does his best as much as he can. Yeah. It's, you know? There are great writers out there for all sorts of different sites, and you should support all of them because they're awesome yeah and keep in mind i i 
I don't get paid for this. Just have you know that I pay everyone else before I get paid. <laughs> yes. James can vouch for that. Yeah, we are not in this to pay our mortgages off. Trust us, we do this because we love it. Because we dearly love it, and and you can ask James. I, I pay them before I get paid she does. all the time. Yeah, it's uh, it's awesome that, that I have to work a lovely boss and partner to work with in this industry. Yeah, you know, it just it just took us to go to one site, but I think I've done a fantastic job in putting us in in a global platform as an as an indie promotion. And you know what? I'm very proud of that special edition. I I really am. Because it was it was a needed special edition regardless of what people think. It's okay. It's a good special edition and it we're building a lot of gaps for a lot of people. That's the El Fantasmo special edition, by the way, in case you're interested and you can go to Indian Packaging to order that. You can go to Barnes and Noble, actually, barnesandnoble.com. You can go to any Amazon platform, Amazon UK, Amazon Canada, Amazon Australia. Just type in El Fantasmo. It will pop up. There you go. Yeah. Right then, we're going to have to wrap it up for today. I'd like to thank my guest, Ash of Indie Empire Magazine. Yep, you can find me at El Ghost Mama on Instagram and um, Twitter. You can find me and James both at IndieEmpireMag.com. Um, if you can't get a hold of me, you can contact uh, the Hand to the Crown, which is uh, Cross Queen with a K, <laughs> X-I-I, so that's Courtney, or you can contact James. Don't, don't call me, don't text me, because as, as everyone knows, that pisses me off. <laughs> Okay, you can find me at Troop. Uh, you can find the show at Troop and Show. You can find me at Sheriff Lone Star on your Twitter there. You can find the show also on Facebook at The Troopany Show and on Patreon, The Troopany Show, where you can keep The Troopany Show free forever. Free. Forever free. And of course, you can go to. Uh, are we still with PowerSlam.net? I mean, PowerSlam TV? Uh, uh, Sorry. Well, you can listen to the PowerSlam trailer now. Yes, we are still both with powerslam.net. What's your promo code? Oh, uh, mine's Rose Nova, but just use Mullet Watch. Support the True Penny Show. Don't you don't have to support me? It's fine. I'm I'm about everyone else. <laughs> I don't even I don't even push my own pro wrestling tea store. Why would I push my own promo code? <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the queen of the cheap plug. Can you please welcome Ash? Yes. Uh, thank you very much for listening to us today. Uh, I'm not sure what we're going to cover next week. Um, we may have a few weeks. I will point out personal issues. I'm moving house. But me and Chelsea oh, did a very oh. special, special edition of The Beginner's Guide to Japanese Wrestling, which we'll bring to you oh, oh. the week I move house. <laughs> so uh, it will be awesome. I always enjoy you and Chelsea's stuff. It's great. Thank it's you, fantastic man. stuff. Okay, so for now, uh, we'll probably come up with a new subject for next week because I've got a week off and we can talk about anything. In the meantime, listen to Pro, listen to the rest of the Trooping Show channel. We should have more of your technical issues last week that held me back. Also, we should have we should have coming back to us Darrow O'Connor and the Wrestling Rewind. Take care, and I'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.